Welcome into another edition of Jungle Juice, a podcast about the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm Sam Gormley. He's Mick Nelson. And Mick, we weren't necessarily sure we were going to get another victory Wednesday, but look at us. Here we are. Back in the win column. You kind of you kind of uh, said the last time we picked the Bengals to lose, which was the Niners game. They ended we up both winning. picked the Bengals to lose. Yeah, that that we be. both picked them. Both picked them. Yeah, not, not one and one. But uh yeah, pick the Bengals to lose against the Jaguars for Monday night's game, and we're pleasantly surprised and pleasantly wrong. Yes, I've never been more happy to be wrong. It's, I mean, we don't like admitting when we're wrong. Personally, no. I, I think we're we're conceited like that. But hey, you know what? If it if it means that, because I know I was in overtime, I had a nice little parlay going. It was like a five or a six leg, and I'm not a big, you know, I gamble, but I'm not like a one of those people that'll drop, you know, I say this and it's it's really showing how much I gamble is, you know, I don't even drop $20. Like the most I will really ever bet is I think I've already only put down like a $10. Like that's just, I don't usually go more than that because my thought is more bets, try and hit more and so on. But I had a $4 parlay for the Bengals and it was five legs and I hit four of them. And the fifth one was Jaguars money line. So in overtime, it was $4 to win 80. So that's like, that's a, that's a decent little payoff. You know, that's, you know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of money. And so in overtime, I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, if they lose, I win $80. But if they win, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. What, 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 what is better in, in this? Oh, round? hedging your happiness is one of the best things about sports gambling. You know, it's, I, I don't it, necessarily do it on individual games for the Bengals. But I kind of did that last year, and uh, I picked, I bet on the Niners to win the Super Bowl last year, and was just hoping the Bengals would win. I mean, I ended up just sad across the board because you know that's just life. But uh, yeah, you know, you're hedging your happiness a little bit, Sam, by picking the Jaguars money line, and, and yeah, you lost the parlay, but you watched watched your team get a dub, so. Yeah, and we'll have to talk about that uh, coming up here in a few minutes about the game specifically. Also on the show, we'll break down the Colts. Talk a little bit about, you know, the playoffs. Is that something that the Bengals legitimately have? Because the path is is interesting for, for the Bengals because they play a lot of teams that are that are ahead of them in, in the wild card hunt over these next couple of weeks. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll have our keys to the game. We'll have our picks and so on. And we're going to open it up here in a few minutes with our news from the week. Um, remember to follow us on our social media channels. You can follow us on our podcast platforms and stream the podcast that way as well as we have. Uh, we appreciate everyone for joining us and drop us a comment too. Uh, let us know what you think about what we're saying. Uh, let us know where you're watching from, who your favorite player is or, or whatever. We, we always appreciate uh, hearing from you, the fan as well. But uh, Mick, I wanted to start it off with a little bit of news from the week. Uh, not not a lot came out in the last week, but there are some things that I think are worth mentioning. Uh, number one is that they announced that the Vikings game will officially be Saturday, next Saturday, at 1 o'clock on the NFL Network. I know that kind of surprised me. I was expecting them to go Sunday at 1 o'clock for that game because I didn't think that brought enough of a national audience trying to watch that with two backup quarterbacks, especially because this was prior to what we saw on Monday, but uh, a Saturday afternoon is okay, I guess. 
I thought they were really playing into that Jake Browning, former Vikings quarterback narrative, and that's why we got flexed to one o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, Vikings legend Jake Browning, is that what you're saying? Yep, yep. It's like it's like Rogers gonna when he returns to Green Bay next year or Brady returning to New England. Jake Browning returning to his well, his former home. Well, playing his favorite because that game is in Cincinnati, so it doesn't at least it's Playing against his former his former teammates and former brothers team. and so on, even though I'm not sure anybody is on the Vikings that was on hit when he was there. I it's because it's been there. a while since he's he been there. Like a practice season, practice squad, and like 19 you know, or something. 19. Yeah, I don't. There probably aren't many Vikings that are still on the team. He was there with Trey Waynes. Is Trey Waynes going to be the ruler of the jungle next Saturday for the Vikings? Um, game? <laughs> I, I feel you know, like, that'd be like the... that would be the best contribution. <laughs> That he's ever provided like, to the team, he owes us something. Like so, who we who we get as the ruler of the jungle this week? We got a little bit later on uh, when we talk about the game specifically. I do have that. It's uh, it's a good one too. We'll mention that. That's I remember dude. seeing it. I just don't remember who it is. Jungle Juice, the uh, official Facebook page of the Jungle Juice podcast, it was great. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, other news, Cam Taylor-Britt was officially placed on IR with an ankle injury. Uh, Zach Taylor uh, spoke today. He was I, he didn't use the word correct, the exact word optimistic, but he said he feels good about a return this season, and that would be a return against the Chiefs. Really? Uh, okay. So he would return against the Chiefs, so that would be he would return with at least guaranteed of two games in the regular season. And then... Uh, the other news, and it's one that I always like every year, is Ted Karras was named the Bengals nominee for Man of the Year. Yeah, uh, no surprise on that one. He, uh, he's he got his own Cincy uh, clothing line, right? He's got... Is he the, he's the owner of Cincy Hats, right? He is. Yeah, and uh, can't remember what the charity is for, but he's obviously gained it's a lot of traction. It's a Cincy Hat charity, yes. It's a so it's a it's a charity. What's the uh, what's the cause for it? What's uh they do? Uh, it's a lot of uh, oh gosh. And I'm now now you're putting me on. To be honest, I I can't remember everything that we're, he does. We're, yeah, we don't really look into charity that much. Uh, we're typically wow. charity cases. Uh, <laughs> let's see, since he hats just uh. Just to see what but, the uh, deal while is. While you're talking about that, though, I, I, I like it, and I hope that he can potentially win or get more recognition because, for one, I think the hats are good. And I know that I think if my memory's right, all proceeds from those hats go to it. It's a community, for, according to Riley, who writes in, he says, a community for mentally disabled adults so they can live independent but assisted living. The house of Marie, the vi- not the house, the village of Marisi, Marici. Yeah. So that's that awesome. Is, so that I hope Ted Harris. That is awesome. You can vote for him on social media. If you go to the Bengals Twitter page, you can see how you can use the hashtags and so on uh, to give Ted a vote. And hopefully, Ted Harris can be the winner of this year's Walter Payton Man of the Year. Uh, those are most of the news headlines for this week. So, how about we hop into the uh, game on Monday night as the Bengals move to four and zero in the White Tiger helmets. It's and the defeated new the Jacksonville. Jersey. It is. It defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars in overtime, thirty-four to thirty-one. The game 
that will be known as we had the Ryan Finley game, even though Ryan Finley didn't necessarily play great in that game. And against the Steelers, you know, on Monday Night Football, this game, though, Jake Browning, the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, was phenomenal. I still like the Finley performance more, but that's just because it was literally just the just the craziest thing I've ever seen from just like it was hilarious from a bad perspective. Like Ryan Finley played awful the entire game and they won. This wasn't as good because Jake Browning was absolutely incredible. And the team won. He had four incompletions. And as Zach Taylor said this earlier, he had four incompletions. Two of them were dropped. Two of them were dropped. One was an uh was uh a throwaway, I think. And then was the other one, one was a spike? tip ball. Oh, it was tip a tip ball. ball. Okay. Tip ball. And uh it, it he was he was fantastic in, in running the offense. 33 of 37, I think was his final line. Uh, he just, and it was one of those things that it started off slow, but I think that was the game plan. I think they were trying to do a lot of short passes to open up the deep game because once it did, it it was like they flipped a switch and Jake Browning was just throwing dimes left and right all over the field. Uh, Jamar Chase had another big game. Uh, T Higgins had a couple of big catches. Tyler Boyd had a couple of big catches. Trenton Irwin. I mean, it's just one of these things in this offense. We can keep on naming names, names, names of guys, but it, it starts there with Jake Browning. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the best quarterback performances I've ever seen uh, from any Bengal during any time of, you know, since I've started watching them. And it's been, what is this, year 21 of me watching uh, watching the team on a regular basis. Uh, Browning was absolutely incredible. Uh, you're going to see a bunch of first stats with him, with you know, first quarterback to have an over 85 per, you know completion percentage within his first two starts, and to throw for 350 yards. Um, and you know, it, we all knew Jake was was pretty smart with the football. My biggest uh, worry with him was just that he didn't necessarily have the arm talent that. I feel like an NFL quarterback should have. And Jake went out there. He tossed some really nice balls. Was there a ton of zip on the balls? No. I mean, I I would prefer to see more zip on the balls. But the one thing Jake Browning has when he throws the ball is is an insane amount of touch. Um, you know, and he and he was crazy accurate with the football. There was one screen pass to Joe Mixon, and I think it only went for five to ten yards, but. He literally had to like Ephus pitch. Yep. I know the exact this, play you're talking about. I think it might have been e- over Josh Allen. Yeah, over Josh Allen's head. And it was it was beautiful. Like I I just uh I was really impressed with the way Jake Browning performed. Um and you know, I think he knows that he's probably playing to get a really decent sized backup contract somewhere or even He's, potentially some starting time if he just plays the way he did last week what what we're gonna find out here in in a game like that on Monday and over these next couple of weeks is is Jake Browning Gardner Minshew and or a Ryan Fitzpatrick in that realm where he's the guy that bounces around the league, plays for a lot of different teams, but he's always a backup quarterback that finds his way in and starts. He can win you games and so on. Or is he Ryan Finley? 
you, where you know he'll he, he had his shot, he blows it. Next thing you know, he's out of the league and he's probably working down at the local uh, local McDonald's. Yeah, they're usually real estate agents, but yes, uh, <laughs> or insurance or, or whatever <laughs> it might be. That, salesmen, that, adjusters, uh, high school football coach, like, and that's going to be the question. I think game one after the Steelers, Mick. I think you were right. Uh, you weren't on team start A.J. McCarron, I don't think, but you were closer to start A.J. McCarron than you were to full faith in Jake Browning. I think that's probably safe to say, correct? You were I would trending say, towards yes. that direction. I, I would say... I'm not I, saying it, you, it was you were. Not, yeah, the Steelers game was not a good game for Browning. And it, now it, I think it, you're probably in the realm of he's starting the rest of the season, whether he's healthy or not, and he's earned that right. Um. I think probably that's going to be the case. I'm not, you know, I, I want to see, I want to see a more consistent, um, you know, I want to see it happen for a few more games, at least, at least these next two games, which I think bodes pretty well for them. Both games are at home. Both teams have backup quarterbacks as well. Um, and, you know, and both teams are also fighting for the playoff lives. I think that these are going to be two very, very good games coming up with the Colts and the Vikings. So if we can see it on a consistent basis against those two teams, I definitely think he starts, you know, how many games they have after that? Three, two? Three. You got five games Three. left in the regular season. Colts, Vikings, the, Steelers, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. Yep. Browns. So I think if you see good games out of Browning in those two games, obviously he's going to start the rest of the year. But now, but if you, but if you start to see Browning unrattle, the team's out of playoff contention. I could just see the Bengals starting McCarron just just to make fans happy. Um, so a couple of other oh, finish your yeah, point there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. Uh, I'm good there. Uh, a couple other standouts for me in the Jaguars game is is Chase Brown. Um, and, yeah. and this is an interesting stat. Chase Brown on offense only 11 snaps, but of the of those 11 snaps, nine carries for 61 yards. I really like what the Bengals offense did with him. If anything else, just to see what they had in him, because I think you have to, because if, if you don't, or or maybe you, you, you get in here and you realize, yeah, Chase Brown is not the guy, then you know, you're going to have to look into the draft to potentially grab another running back or look in free agency to grab another running back because Joe Mixon is, is, is ancient in the terms of running backs. And I think you'll like what you saw from Chase Brown in really his first true opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was, uh, I think these were the first rushing attempts he's had in a game, right? This year. Yeah, he's maybe had a couple. He had, he's had a couple. against the Titans or the Rams. Maybe he had a couple, but uh, definitely his biggest workload he's ever had in his career. Ran nine, nine times for 61 yards. I liked uh, the way that he ran the ball. I, I like that he has uh, more of a center of gravity to him where he's not just constantly getting tripped up all the time like Joe Mixon does. I think that's a, that's one of my biggest pet peeves with with Joe Mixon's game is is that. Um, I thought he hit the holes okay. I, I think there, there definitely could be some room for improvement, um, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, when he did hit the holes, he hit them hard. Um, he, he reminds me a lot of P Ryan and the way that he plays. And I know that's kind of a cop out, but I think that's what, you know, just given what, you know, P Ryan was to the team, but I think that's what the Bengals were kind of going for him. They were drafting chase Brown, this, the short stocky, you know, decent receiver, good set of, uh, good set of, uh, hands, 
um, and in a good center of gravity that you know he's he a very is what they, he's what they wanted Chris uh, Chris Evans to be. I think so too. I mean, Chris Evans was more of that athletic type, though. He like he 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 was more of a he's more of a slash and dash kind of guy. I think I think Chase Brown is more of those between one of those between between the tackles kind of guys. And uh, I don't know. I was I was very happy with the way he played as well. Uh, like to me, a couple of the other standouts. I, I thought really the defense as a whole played better than they had the past couple of weeks. Was it good? No. But I think they they did better, especially against the run. I think you saw some decent things against the run. I don't think ETN really did much. Now, ETN was coming back from injury, wasn't maybe necessarily 100%, but I think for the most part, I, I at least feel decent about the defense. But then again, that is a very low bar considering what we were we had had the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I was actually pretty... I, I was pleased with the defense. I mean, the Jaguars, you know, and Lawrence played the majority of the game. But the Jaguars have a good offense. Lawrence has a uh, a top five arm in the NFL. Has uh, had a pretty a pretty solid year. They've got a good set of receivers in uh, Ridley Kirk, who uh, Kirk didn't really play in this game. He he lasted one catch, in which he. Uh, did you watch the? Did you? I'm guessing you watched that play, right? The the Kirk. Uh, well, I was watching live. Yes. Yeah. Did you see any replays on where uh, where the ball hit? No, I missed that. It got him right in the cojones. Oh, right I, I did see somebody said that that's his injury. I, I don't know whether they that called was actually it a groin true. injury. Yeah, it was right in the groin area. Um, it looked extremely painful. Anyways. Um, you know, they. I think they went up against a good offense. Um, I wasn't surprised that the run defense uh, showed up. I don't think Jacksonville's run blocking is very good, and I don't. And, and ETN only ran the ball. Has only ran the ball for three point seven yards per attempt for the season. So, I think the Bengals did a good job of um, of maintaining him and in in keeping the trend for that Jaguars run blocking offensive line. I thought the pass rush was really good too. I think Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader combined for 13 pressures. Uh, they had a few sacks in there, uh, and some of them were very crucial. So, um, yeah, I, I thought the defense was pretty good. Coverage wasn't uh, that great, though. Um, other thing, I think the offensive line as a whole too. I mean, because you look, I think the Jaguars had two sacks. One was the first one was probably on Jake Browning for just holding the ball too long. Because I think, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is the such thing as a sack on the quarterback. Yep. And then the other one was just completely blown coverage. And Josh Allen had the easiest sack of his entire life because yep. uh, there was something, something was not communicated there at all. Uh, Orlando Brown cut in, Bolson cut in, Brown probably should have went out. I don't really know what happened there. Uh, just some miscommunication between the two, I, I think. And, and sometimes that happens too. Uh, and... But I think that the offensive line as a whole, they obviously run blocked well because the run game was pretty decent for the Bengals. Yep. Uh, so I think as a whole, the offensive line played one of their better games against a Jaguars defensive line, too, that it's not like it's an awful defensive line by any stretch. Yeah, uh, the the offensive line looked uh, decent. Uh, I thought pass blocking was actually really impressive in the game. Uh, I think they only gave up the starting five offensive linemen gave up seven pressures, which is on the low end, I think, for their statistical uh, output. 
this season, and three of them came from Jonah, actually. So, I mean, the other four, you're giving up one pressure from each of them in a game. I'll take that. I'll take that every day of the week. So, I thought that they, uh, I thought they maintained themselves pretty well. The, I think the run blocking could have been better, but I don't think it was atrocious by any means. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably their most complete pass blocking game of the season. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, and now uh, we do at least have to talk some about uh, about the trick plays. Um, oh, okay. We'll just we'll just skip to the ugly uh, because there's only two things I have in the ugly and the trick plays uh, where they're in the ugly. Did you have any other that do, of standouts? I guess you know Money Mac deserves it, but I feel like he just gets overlooked. Because he just does he what he does. So close to, he was so close to hitting that 57 yarder too, or 58 yarder. That yeah, was, and it uh, just. I remember seeing it. I thought it was going to be way shorter than the crossbar. I'm not going to lie, but it was definitely on target. Um, so yeah, Shooter had a good game. Uh, and a big shout out to DJ Reader. I think DJ Reader absolutely ate in this game. And I know I kind of touched on him with the six pressures, but six pressures. Uh, was a menace in the run game. Uh, I I think he had one of his better games of the year as well. The trick plays, um, and, and I really, to me, the the biggest trick play to talk about is, is the second one. Uh, because you know the first yeah. one chase through Jake Browning probably should have just dropped it, but they, you know, that that happens. The second one, though, um, and I I think that there's two ways to look at it. For one, I think you can look at it of, should they have called it? And two, is it blamed on the call or blamed on the players? And I think to start off with the first one is, should they have called it? I think everyone's saying, everything was working, so why, why would you do that? And I think the thought process is, is everything's working, so what's the defense probably think you're going to do? Keep doing what you're doing. So if anything, the thought process is that's the best time to call it because the defense would not be expecting it at all. Would would be probably the thought process Zach Taylor was thinking at the time. Now, the play call itself, you know, Tyler Boyd, if you think he gives a better throw, that play's blocked up and Joe Mixon is, is gone. Mm-hmm. For one Credit goes to Josh Allen for making a good play, but then also Tyler Boyd. I mean, that was that was not a good throw. No, and that's the that's the I don't I'm not going to put too much blame on Zach. Like I actually like that he actually tried to come up with a couple of trick plays because he never does that. I don't think I've seen a single trick play this year up until last week. Um, not even a flea flicker, actually. Yeah, I mean. There was a flick so, flicker earlier in the year. There was, was there? one. Now that I'm thinking about it, I Maybe can't remember Cardinals, which game. It might have been the Cardinals game. Yes, I think it was the Cardinals, Cardinals game. game. Okay, so one flea fl- one trick play. Yes, I, I, and I'm not going games or six, 11 games or whatever. So I liked that he called a trick play. I liked that it had some like flag football variations to it where you were kind of doing a lateral pass to the opposing or no, to the opposite receiver. Or to the receiver on 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 the far side of the field, and uh, yeah, it was just poor execution. Like you know, I I think that you know when you're watching the play being ran in flag football, if there's nothing down the field, you either pass it back to the quarterback or whatever, or you just sprint down the field with the ball and see if you can get some yardage. And 
that's what Jamar definitely should have done. He should have just went down the field or whatever and seen if he could pick up a yard or two. But and probably the same with Tyler Boyd because well, if anything, what Jamar Chase should have done is just thrown the ball into onto the sideline, just thrown it away. Yeah, I mean, yeah, throw the ball. That's or, what Chase should have done. Field. I mean, I would say that. Well, but Jamar, I don't think had the room to run. I think he was about to be yeah. hit. Mm-hmm. So Jamar probably should have just taken it and just thrown it to Zach Taylor on the sideline. Probably would have been my thought process with it at least. But no, I yeah. I don't have anything wrong with a call at all. It just didn't work. Yeah, and 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 Boyd just has to know to not throw that ball. Like I, both of them should know not to throw that ball. Like. You know, the, the Jamar one could have definitely cost cost them a turnover as well. It wasn't like it was a clean pass back to Jake, I don't think. I think a defender was closing in on that one. So, I don't know. The trick plays were bad. The other ugly I have is DJ Turner. Um, he had, I think he did have at least one pass defense that looked really good, if I remember correctly. He came in and he laid the big hit, too. on. Uh... And he laid the big hit. So he, he made a few decent plays, but man, they were really targeting him down the field, and he and he gave up some big plays to to Ridley and Ingram, and uh, yeah, it wasn't his best game. So I think uh, one of the things I do want to talk about too, to kind of close our uh, discussion here on the Jags game, uh, and I think I saw a post; it might have been in the Hootay Nation Facebook page of. I think the question was something along the lines of, did you like Jamar Chase taunting on the long touchdown? For one, I was surprised they didn't throw a penalty. Not because I think it should be, because I don't. Like, even Josh Allen, when he did it, why why are we throwing that? I think it was just subtle enough. Yes. But, you know, Jamar just turns around and just kind of backpedals and looks at him. As he goes in, and I think I saw the question was, "Do you like that or do you not like that?" I, I don't. I care. thought it was awesome. I thought so too. It's fun. Like, listen, these guys have fun, and I know that Jamar Chase, when he asked about it, I think he said his direct quote was, "I was feeling evil." Yeah, I just felt like being evil. Yes, which I I don't. Uh, yeah, and I kind of agree with Riley. V- very Ocho like. I like that uh, Jamar's kind of coming into his own as like this just like trash talking receiver because he's just so much better than everybody else. But he's not necessarily a diva or looking for theatrics either. Like I think he's just a dog that you know that just plays his heart out every Sunday and is just better than everybody. It's but he's not like you know, Ocho Ocho would obviously do all the theatrics involved and that was also fun to watch. But I, I just really like that Jamar and and who he's kind of turned into as a leader on this team. And then we also got to talk about, what was Orlando Brown Jr. saying? <laughs> on the first oh, touchdown to I, Joe Mixon, yeah. he runs and he yells at the camera, Jack Butt. Uh, and I, I think everyone was just like, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah, was I'm he not just shouting sure. out his favorite movie series? I, 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 I don't know. I just, I, I found it kind of funny. Oh, Jack, a double, a double dollar sign. That's yes. What, not Jack, Jack but, yeah. but I was like, what the hell? Are you... Okay. Um, yeah, I wonder who I don't that know. was directed at. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what John I want to know. Because, I, I hope because so. we all I hate so. John Perry. Um, yes, I, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, with that win, though, it pretty much kept open the window for playoffs. Now. Yes. I, I I hear the the old uh, 
thing. It, and Riley might be right here too. It might be a little screw, been, screw you to the ESPN guys picked against him. I, I, I don't know. It, it with him, it wouldn't shock me if it was him just yelling at one of his friends from back home too. You know, like who knows? It could have literally been anything. And I don't know if a media member asked him and I missed it or, or what it might be. But the playoffs, um, you're looking at it. Bengals right now are they're technically in, but with their conference record, they're way down the pecking order right now. Yeah. Now, with that being said, they have the teams in front of them. Oh, uh, Riley did say apparently he was asked, and that's what what was why was it was to the ESPN guys for picking uh, against them. Interesting. Nice. I, I don't know that I. Okay, I was kind of hoping that there would be a like little ESPN better story. No. Uh, oh, did you want to get that off your chest here, or are you feel better? Just, now? Oh yeah, not much of a soapbox on this one. I just think they're other than. Buck and Aikman, they they did a good job signing those guys because I think they're really good. I just think their 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 sports media quality is pretty subpar. Anyway, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. So, but I mean, you you look at this Bengals six and six, but they play multiple teams in front of them that are in the playoff that are in the playoffs right now in the hunt. Yeah, correct. That and are ahead of them, starting on Sunday against the Colts. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. You've got City near West Virginia, who technically is still somehow involved in the playoffs. And then you got Cleveland uh, to close out the year. And then technically, you do have the Chiefs in that realm. Now, the Chiefs are different because they're, you know, they're leading the division uh, and so on. They're, they're more solidly in the playoffs as far as that. But your other three of Cleveland, Colts, and City near West Virginia, you rip off three of those wins there, and, and it gets interesting. Uh, is it crazy to talk about the playoffs right now, though, Nick? Absolutely not. I mean, I thought if you know if we if we lost this game in by a comfortable margin, I would say yes. Um, but no, there it's not out of the question. Team six and six, uh, and like you said, they've got a lot of uh, potential playoff implicating games ahead of them. Um, they're playing the Colts. The Colts are right now. I think slated to make the playoffs as a seven seed, if I remember correctly. Um, maybe it's six seed. Let's see. But yes, you got the Colts, got the Steelers, and the Vikings, uh, or not the Vikings, and the Browns, and also the Vikings. Vikings are in playoff contention just on the other side of the. Right uh, now, the Colts are the six seed. So right now, it's Steelers six five seed, Colts six, six seed, Browns seven seed. So you're playing the five, six, and seven all in these next, you know three out of the next five weeks. You're playing five, six, and seven in the playoff realm. Bengals technically are the 11 seed right now. Now, obviously, I know that there isn't an 11 seed, and they're the bottom of the pecking order on that because of their conference record, which is not great. That's that's the one thing to look at with that. But if you rip off and you beat those three teams, I mean, that that's what you have to do. You can't lose. You have to win. the Yeah, you have to definitely win those three games those three. to be in. Um, and then... And then maybe uh, you might even have to split then Chiefs and uh, Vikings. I think they probably need to go four and one to for sure get a playoff spot. I think it's not out of the realm of possibility if they get three of their next five, uh, especially if those three are wins against the Colts, the Browns, and the Steelers. Um, So, yeah, the playoffs aren't out of the question. How far they make it in the playoffs – I'm not sure. Um, I, I, 
you know, it's matchups. It would all depend on matchups. It all depends on matchups. I mean, we we did just prove that we could beat um Jacksonville. You know, a number one, yeah, a potential number well, one seed. Uh, and I mean, with Jake Browning at quarterback. So I mean and, and you look at this, and, and here's the biggest thing with the AFC right now. I think I, I it was the stat that so many of those teams that are right now in the AFC playoffs are going to be starting a backup quarterback this week. The Steelers are. are. Uh, now, I don't know that there's really that much of a difference between their backup quarterback and their starting quarterback, but still, Browns are. Colts are. Jaguars are. Jaguars are. Um, and so, what is that, four out of the seven, because Chiefs obviously aren't. Uh, yeah. Ravens aren't and Dolphins aren't, but and then and then you drop down to that. You've got the Texans who don't have a backup quarterback, but they still have a rookie quarterback. Now he's playing really, really good, but rookie quarterback. And, and you're just seeing that there's so much parity in that. But with rookie quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks, I think it's almost impossible to predict because of that. Especially if if you look though, but if the Jags keep dropping down, and it is uh, we we know that Trevor Lawrence has an ankle sprain. Now, ankle sprains are are weird, you know, like like most yeah. injuries like that. And you don't we don't know whether it is a high ankle sprain if it or and how severe it is and and so on to know, you know, is he gonna be back in three weeks? Is he gonna be back first week of the playoffs? Is he not gonna be back until the AFC championship? Like we we don't know the answers to those questions to where you sneak in there, the Jags drop down to the four or or the three or something in that realm. You draw them, you've shown you could beat them, and does CJ Bethard really scare you? No. Uh, and I I don't know. I, I, I just think it's interesting. And I think that the playoffs, because of that win, are still a potential. Now, are we predicting it? No. But I think it's it's we're not crazy for talking about it. No. And uh, just to remind you guys, the Texans beat us in the playoffs with an unknown quarterback named TJ Yates as quarterback in 2011. So. I think that I, thanks I, for that. We needed that. We needed that reminder. Sorry, I was like, I was just thinking. I was like, man, this isn't. This wouldn't be the only time that just an unknown quarterback would would be winning playoff games. I mean, how Case Keenum was winning playoff games in 2017 and made it all the way to the NFC Championship. So Nick Foles won it as a backup. Now I know Nick Foles is a, is a solid quarterback, but still, yeah, like it it has happened before in the NFL. And again, like I said, you know. Is 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 Jake Browning Nick Foles, or is he TJ Yates? And, you know, uh, he's the probably of- more on the TJ Yates spectrum. Even though, like TJ Yates never put up a game like Jake Browning just put up, but both of them are playoff winners. They are. So, and Jake Browning right now is not, but he's also zero and zero in the playoffs. Never lost. Yeah. Never lost a playoff game. Uh, when it comes to that, uh, jumping into the game on Sunday against the Colts, uh, we'll start off with the injury report uh, for the Bengals. Uh, the injury report looks really good. Um, all things considered, uh, Chase Brown and Jonah Williams were both limited in practice, and that's it. Uh, there are a few other guys that were limited in practice today, but those were all uh, vet days. So there's no like no no designations. There's no point in even mentioning them because they're they're fine. The fact that both of them are limited, though, tells me they're fine. It's probably just one of those things. It's Wednesday, two days after a game. Zach Taylor's a player's coach. Probably said, hey, we're just going to take you a little slow, probably a little sore, uh, and I'm sure they'll be full by Friday. So I'm not not even a little bit worried about that. Now, on the other side, the Colts, they do have some injuries. Four starters did not practice. Juju Brents, who's a corner, 
Braden Smith, their starting right tackle, did not practice. EJ Speed, one of their linebackers, did not practice. And Jonathan Taylor, one of their running back, you know, their starting running back when he's in, did not practice today. Those are four, you know, two on each side of the ball that, you know, could potentially be a factor coming up on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Braden Smith being out, I think, is huge. And and also Juju Brands. Now that's, I mean, he's been... That's just did not practice today. So we don't know what that means for Sunday. Potentially being out. Potentially being out. Uh, Braden Smith is huge. He's one of the better offensive tackles in the NFL over the past five years. Um, And he's actually graded very well this year. Him and Bernard Ryman. I mean, they've been quite the tackle duo. Uh, Both are top 10 in PFF grade uh, for total offensive lineman play this year. Juju Brent, rookie uh, corner out of Kansas State. Uh, Also, grading and playing pretty well uh in the secondary um and then obviously jonathan taylor who hasn't been that great running the football this year only averaging 4.1 yards per carry this year uh but you still you know you know still could definitely be a headache for opposing defenses so i mean yeah those are those are important injuries that, that the colts potentially uh could could have for this game yeah, it'll be something interesting to watch over these next couple of days. Uh, diving specifically into some of the specifics and some of the matchups of this game, and when we look at the Bengals' offense against the Colts' defense, to me, when I think about this defense, and I was looking statistically, if you're a fan of, if you're not into the analytics, I guess, you know, your, your uh, expected yards per play, your uh, yards per attempt, and so on, or some of those, and you just like yards, yards per game, and, and things like that, you're going to not confine much more middle-of-the-road team than the Colts. They're yeah. pretty much middle-of-the-road in most of those stats. They're not an elite defense. They're not a bad defense. No. They're just middle-of-the-road in, in most of the basic categories. But they are good at a couple of things specifically. Here's an interesting stat for you, Mick. They blitz. Their blitz percentage. Second-fewest in the NFL behind only the New York Jets. But they rank second in the league in sacks. They get pressure with four. They've got a they've got a sneaky good pass rush. DeForest yes. Buckner, Quiddy Pay. I mean, who else is on there? I, I had some names highlighted, but yes, they've got a very good pass rush. Um I would say probably top ten in the league. Samson Mabukum. That's another another good name underrated name for he LA. leads their team in sacks how many sacks does he have this year uh eight and a half that's pretty good um so yeah i think that could be a potentially rough matchup for the offensive line i jacksonville i i, I remember you know when when looking at the game i was like well this might be actually a a good game for the offensive line just because the jacksonville d wasn't very strong up front and uh you know, that was proven to be right for the most part, but this is definitely not going to be the case uh, with their edge rushers and DeForest Buckner on the inside. Um, so, yeah, you know, the Colts' the, uh, pass rush is a little scary. Their coverage is decent, but Juju Brents being out could be could be huge. Um, uh, another stat on the pass rush as well, their fifth in sack percentage. So that's percentage of dropbacks that end in a sack. And you listen to the teams that they trail. Browns, Bills, Ravens, Cowboys. Those are four. 
Those are probably good pass you, rushes. If somebody asked you who are the four best defenses in the league. I feel like those four would probably get mentioned. Um, yeah, Bills are probably of those four are probably four, but really they're yeah. second in that category as far as sack percentage, which I wouldn't have guessed that they would have been second. But the other three I definitely would have mentioned as far as Browns, Ravens, and Cowboys. So that's showing you that this pass rush is really good. You mentioned the coverage is, is solid as well. If there is a weakness on this Colts defense, it's probably their rushing defense. Yes. And I'm going to get into, into an analytic stat here for you. They are third worst in expected points. So this is when it just takes points specifically by the rush defense. Third worst in the NFL. Trailing only the Denver Broncos and us. The Cincinnati Bengals, who are <laughs> far, I mean, it is so far that they're in first place that they can't even like look over their shoulders and see. <laughs> I mean, it's it's abysmal as to as to it, it's 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 a stat that I almost had to like shut my computer screen because it scared me that much. But still, so that's showing you that this rush defense you can score against. Yardage wise, you know, they're in that like 10 range or something like that uh, yards per attempt and so on. They have given up a, a decent amount of total yards, but that's based on a lot of attempts against their rushing defense as well. But then again, you look at some of the, the, the division that they're in, they've played the Titans twice. You know, Titans run the ball a lot. Uh, the, uh, the Jags can run the ball at time, you know, so you're, you're seeing a lot that that can kind of be what can inflate some of the stats as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. They definitely have had problems defending the run this year. Uh, Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed haven't particularly graded well. Uh, they've been pretty bottom half of the league linebackers in terms of their run defense, and their, their tackling grades are pretty bad. There's been a lot of missed tackles this year. Um, I think they rank 31st in tackling grade. So, yeah, I think that bodes pretty well for, for Joe Mixon and Chase Brown and company. And if I remember correctly, this might be very similar weather-wise to the game that we got against the Steelers, where it's cold and rainy and uh, probably ugly, which bodes pretty well for, which bodes pretty well for, you know, running the football and probably bodes, bodes well for both running offenses as well. So... Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough game, man. This is probably the toughest uh, matchup I think we've had to predict all year. I'm not, I'm not sure what about. I'm not sure for you, but definitely for me. Yeah, yeah. See, I still don't know who I'm picking. Um, I know you said you have a hot take with your pick. I know we're we're, we're about you know ten minutes away from making our pick or so, and I still don't know which way I'm going. How about we switch gears? Talk about the Bengals defense against this uh, Colts offense. Minshew mania. <laughs> This man is above 500 and has looked pretty awful in doing it. Um, but you have to love him. By far leads the league in uh, turnover-worthy plays amongst quarterbacks this year, uh, which is just crazy. Uh, and he's still 7-5. and five. Like, Actually, he doesn't lead the league anymore. Sam Howell and Mac Jones have surpassed him, but he is tied for third. And uh, I don't really know how good you should feel about trailing Mac Jones, though, in, in turnover worthy plays. <laughs> well, like he, he, he was by far 
the leader, but he, 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 I guess he's uh, he's toned him down a little bit. Um, but yeah, Minshew just finds a way to uh, to win football games. It's it's actually uh, we talk about the Steelers' run this year being being pretty just ridiculous. I think the Colts are probably in that same stratosphere. Now it does help that when you have a backup quarterback that you have a good running attack. And whether it's been Jonathan Taylor, who's not been great, but Zach Moss, I think, I know we had the conversation, uh, gosh, I think it was about when Jonathan Taylor got activated that we were curious whether Zach, you know, whether how much Jonathan Taylor was actually going to get because Zach Moss had been pretty darn solid for the Colts rushing the football. Yeah. Honestly, I think by most accounts, I think Zach Moss has probably ran the ball better than Taylor has uh, throughout the year. Uh, 4.5 yards to carry for Zach Moss. Uh, definitely just absolutely destroyed other teams when he was running the ball early in the season. I remember him having, uh, you know, pretty good games. Uh, he had a really good game against the Ravens, actually, and the Rams. I mean, that's... um. You know, so if, if Taylor's out, not ready to go, I'm not necessarily worried if I'm a Colts fan. Um, you know, if if they're just going to hand the ball off to Zach Moss and he's going to get a lot more touches. Um, the wide receivers, I mean, Michael Pittman has had a good year. Uh, mm -hmm. He's one of my fantasy wide receivers, so luckily I, I at least know that he's been a guy that I can, for the most part, trust to get me a good mm -hmm. amount of points every single week. Alec Pierce makes his return. To Josh Cincinnati. Uh, and then Josh Downs. Uh, yep. Is there three? I mean, it's three solid wide receivers. None no. of them are elite. No, none of them really scare me. Um, but but they're, they can all beat you, I think, is probably a good way to describe it. Potentially, yeah. I, the, the thing I like about the Bengals' coverage this week against Colts uh, receivers um. They don't have to deal with like they don't have to deal with an elite tight end this year or this week either. Uh, you know, Evan Ingram. It, they they seem to do worse against prototypical tight ends. You know, Evan Ingram is kind of more of a receiver, and they actually contained him pretty well. But um, in in the coverage, probably had their best you know game that I've seen in a while last week against the Jaguars. But then you deal with the guy with Fryer like Fryermuth, and they just can't cover him. Um, they bode well. The Colts don't really have that type of tight end on their roster either. So I like that matchup as well. The receivers are, you know, like you said, they're pretty solid. They're yeah, I mean you got Moali Cox. Yeah, that doesn't really do it. Kylan Granson doesn't really yeah, it, do it's... it. Jelani, where's that... Jelani Woods been? Has he been hurt all year? I have no idea. Uh, that, that's that's one he didn't pop up in, in in the research when I was looking at it but that's the thing I think this offense shouldn't terrify you no especially with Gardner Minshew but then again Gardner Minshew he he can have really good moments uh but then again it, it to me the biggest key about this game is going to be that you mentioned those turnover worthy plays is can the Bengals capitalize on them and that that's kind of twofold one is when he, you know, can they actually get the turnover? And then also, can they turn that turnover into points? And and to me, though, that is going to be, I think, points off of turnovers is going to be the stat. Like if if you would tell me that I can't watch the game, 
and I'm going to have to watch, uh, you know, just look at stats. That would be one of the stats that I would look at in this game and points off of turnovers to tell me if the Bengals won the game or not. Yeah. I, and I, I a hundred percent agree. I think matchup wise, I think both teams, you know, I think the, uh, you know, if we're looking at the Colts offense, I think their receivers are probably a little bit better than how our coverage has played this year. And I think that they're rushing. I think their offensive line is probably matching up pretty well with our pass rush and our run defense in the trenches. Um, and then the, the X factor is definitely, you know, if, if the defense is wanting to win this game, is definitely forcing turnovers out of Minshew. And as we've mentioned before, he's number three in the league in turnover-worthy throws this year. I think they'll definitely force uh, force some mistakes out of them, and they definitely have to. Game information for Sunday afternoon against the Indianapolis Colts. It'll be on CBS. Tom McCarthy, James Lofton, Jay Feely, and Tiffany Blackman will have the call. It's like CBS's number six crew. So they're 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 getting down. Uh, Tom McCarthy think- is also the play-by-play guy of the Phillies. You'd recognize his voice if you if you've listened to him. I always find it funny that Jay Feely is one of the guys because it's just funny to me that a kicker is a color. Yeah, like what? What does a kicker really have to have to bring analysis wise? I, I I don't know. I just find it funny. I mean, more than you and or me, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, one hundred percent. But I just I I more just always chuckle when he's in the booth. The ruler of the jungle will be Bengals legend Reggie Williams, who will be making oh, yeah. the return to. To Cincinnati, it'll be good to see Reggie Williams up there. Of course, one of the legends of Cincinnati defense as a linebacker there for the Bengals. At halftime of the game, you're going to have a punt, pass, and kick contest, which I guess should be interesting. I think it's kids doing it, so at least that. Uh, I, not I, I'm as assuming good as last week. No, last not as good yeah. as mascot football. I would just wish mascot football was a thing every week. Um, I enjoy it probably a little bit too much. Because as somebody, as I brought up the comment last time, it is borderline child abuse. Uh, but I'm here for it. Well, do you want to start? Like, we, we just got to find an investor, but I think we could find a market for like a uh, mascots versus uh, versus like little kid league. You know, I, I think we could uh, let's launch one live streaming it i you better believe people would watch it there, there's oh, yeah. no question no question about that people would be watching mascots versus kids the official sean hockley obviously wow, a name I that know everyone that knows you do know this guy bengal's record not good i think one it's in three okay one in three the one win was the lions in 2021 the okay. three losses. Can you name any of the three losses? If you can get Steelers, one of these, I'd be impressed. Steelers lost week one of 2022. Good job. Look at you. That's the only, if, that's the only one I know. I was going to say, if you pulled out any of the other two, I would be impressed. One was this year. Ravens home Okay. this year. And then in 2021, another game we were at, the Chargers in 2021. He was the official of that game. So Bengals are one in three in games that Sean Hockley is the official, you know, of course, the son of one Ed Hockley, who's a legend, a legend in his own right. Mick, your keys to the game for the Bengals to pick up the win against the Colts, or do you have any other thoughts about this Colts game 
uh, as we get closer and closer. I mean, yeah, I mean, we uh, we touched on um, I already touched on forcing turnovers out of Minshew. I think that's going to be the biggest key to the to the team overall. Um, on offense, I I think uh, I think the run game is going to be uh, crucial here. Like we said, the Colts don't have a very good run defense. Uh, weather could potentially be a factor in this game. Uh, you know, they're definitely going to have to run the ball a decent amount. And, uh, you know, I remember seeing a tweet or, you know, maybe yesterday or this morning, you know, it said, you know, th- showed three of the Bengals victories this year and they were against San Fran, Buffalo and Jacksonville and showed the rushing attempts in those games. And they were both at all three games had over 25 rushing attempts. And, you know, those were against three really good teams. So, I think running the ball needs to be a part of this team's identity. I don't want to see a game like that we saw against the Steelers a couple weeks ago. Is that your is that a key, or do you want to go into your keys now for to victory? No, no, that that's the key. The rushing offense, rushing and offense, then, and then I think turnover, turnovers. turnovers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So you have been uh, you you have been teasing. So I guess I I still don't know who I'm going to pick. So I'm going to let you pick first, and and what would you decide I'm going to? Because I I still don't know who I'm picking in this game. You know what? Uh, Bengals twenty four twenty three. Okay. Nick Pearson uh, at the gun. Bengals twenty, Colts twenty. I'm going tie game this week. Oh gosh. We're going with the tie. I this is too gosh. hard to pick. I think this is a very evenly matched game. If Burrow was in. Um, be a win, but no, this is going to be a tie. Yeah, no, you get you that again. You give me, you can give me the, you can give me the sound effects all you want. But if this game ends up in a tie, best believe we're going to be, we're going to be showing clips of this. A tie. Gosh, I really thought the Jacksonville game on Monday was going to end in a tie. Uh, I, I thought it was just going to be one of those that ended in a 31-31 tie. And then I heard the stat, I think Scott Van Pelt, that a Monday night football game hasn't ended in a tie in over 40 years. So the fix was in, is what you're yes. saying. Yes, yes. Uh, just kind of kind of funny with it. But uh, so you're predicting a 20-20 to tie. I, I said Bengals 24-23. But I think we can both agree, because I know the spread right now, I think is Bengals one and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pick them. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it. I, I don't know that there is a result on Sunday that would surprise me. I I, I really no. don't think it is. Well, I, I blow out either way. Close game, ten point game. Other way, one quarterback has a great game. One quarterback has a truly terrible game. Uh, one running back goes off. Like there there is nothing that would necessarily surprise me. In, in this game on, on Sunday. Nothing at all. We've seen it all at this point. Jake Browning, 350 yards, 87% completion rate against the Jaguars. Like, yeah, anything can I agree, anything can happen uh in this game, and I wouldn't be surprised either. I it's I don't know. 24-23. Yes. What you're picking. That's what I'm picking. McPherson at the gun. Second consecutive week, McPherson right. wins I, it. I, I like seeing it. It, it. it felt like a little bit of a throwback. 
on Monday watching him kick a game-winning field goal. I feel like we haven't seen one from him in a he, while. He seemingly only does it on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he misses yeah. the game-winning field goals at home. Yeah, hey, Chiefs, Chiefs game-winning okay. field goal. Yeah, well, that, that, yeah. that, was, that was a... That, I guess hey, he's had two. That was, that was a crucial field goal to it, win it, the division. Yes, a, an old extra point pretty much was what it was. I'm not going to... A 19-yard field goal. <laughs> okay, and I mean, you had... Because I mean, you, Steelers last year, Packers last year, uh, or yeah, no, Packers year before ago. last. Yes, twenty twenty one. It's just kind of funny, but yet he's been very consistent and always hitting them on the road. Which I, I again doesn't mean anything. No, of course not. We but. need to move the stadium further away from the river, and I bet we get more favorable winds. You know that way. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, my brother's an architect. I can ask him if that's possible, but I don't think that's. I don't know how easy that is. There's land in, uh, I don't know, KC. KC Stadium is like 20 minutes away from downtown. I mean, we could throw a stadium oh, out. I, and like, I'm I sure the taxpayers of Hamilton County would love to build a brand new stadium, Mick. Well. It's easy for us to say living in Kentucky. Yeah, let them pay for it. <laughs> We're fine. I gotta pay for. I gotta pay for it a little bit. Well, I, I guess you do. I don't. I get, I get Cincinnati tax taken out of my paycheck. That's funny, uh, Mick. It's been fun as always. Bengals Colts on Sunday. I, I don't know what to expect, but I, I, I'm excited for it because of that. Because I don't know what to expect, guys. If you see a tie happen against the Colts, just remember who told you that the game was going to end in a tie, and it was me. There you go. I, I'm, I'm expecting you to do a uh, exact score bet on that on DraftKings. So okay. I think we need oh, that. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll put money yes. on this one. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, he, he'll make that happen. Make sure to follow us on our social media channels, Jungle Juice. You can follow us there. Uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform as well. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, iHeart, all, all of the different ones. You can subscribe, listen to the podcast that way as well. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's always good to, to hear from you watching at home. Uh, thanks for those that were able to drop comments and, uh, that'll wrap us up for, uh, this week's show. Any closing thoughts, Mick? Nope. Nope. Uh, show out in full force on, on Sunday and, uh, let's, let's get this team a win. Who day guys. That'll wrap us up. So until next time, who day, who day. <laughs>